What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope you had a fantastic week. But if you didn't, this is the place to be. Let's talk about it. Uh, Hello. Hi. (laughs) What's up? It's been an interesting week. It's, um, I want to get the number right. 900 million degrees outside in New York City. I mean, actually, kind of across the world right now, it's burning hot. Like, it's global warming, you know? Like, it's happening, guys, (laughs) because it is, it's so hot. And um, I've, like, vaguely talked about this, but I'll just say it again. Like, I have a kidney disease, and so... I like when it's really hot like this when it's like in the 90s and it's like everyone's dying out there like I can't go outside because I get dehydrated so much easier than a a regular person is so I'm you know I'm more at risk for heat stroke and etc etc so like I have literally been cooped up like I can go outside at night when the sun's not shining and even then like I went out Friday night and I was like oh I can't I'm gonna die I'm not gonna make it like I I am not going to make it I did not feel well but yeah I've literally been stuck inside um like all week going fucking crazy living like a vampire only going out when the sun goes down and yeah, I've been, I've truly been going nuts. I haven't been able to flirty a little walk or any other kind of walk. Like I'm, it's getting, it's getting dark over here, just talking to myself at home. And yeah, so that was just me whining about that to get that out of the way. Cause it sucks. <laughs> but I hope everybody's keeping cool, drinking lots of water taking care of yourself, not getting dehydrated. Friday night was fun. I wish uh, Claudia was here to, to talk about Friday night because it she, um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell her story because it was so insane. Really one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced. Like we, her and me and Zoe went to uh, um, this bar called Attaboy. If you recall, I went there on a date once. But it's like a, a speakeasy. It's like kind of a cool spot. It's kind of hard to get into. But we were like, fuck it. Like, let's try. So we get up in the line. We put our names down. And the guy was like, oh, actually, I think I have a table for you guys. And we were like, holy shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, we're really getting in. So he made us go stand on the side. Okay. He comes up to us to look at our licenses and our um, vaccination proof. And Claudia pulls out her ID. And the man, I swear on my life, this man was like, Okay, so this has a crack on it, and a lot of times that means it's a fake ID. So um, just come back when you have a real ID. <laughs> said like that, like said fully in that tone with those words. And we all, he was like smiling, so we all kind of like looked at him. We're like, <laughs> like we didn't get what he said at first. And then we were like, wait, what? And Claudia's like, no, no, this is my real ID. This is my real ID. And he was like, no, for sure. If you have another form uh, with your birth date on it, you know, show that. Otherwise, you know, come back another time. And we're like, what? I'm being like so condescending, so rude about it. And she's like, look at my fucking vaccination thing that has my birth date and my full name that matches what's on here. Like, are you dumb? Like, what's going on? I mean, she didn't say, are you dumb? But we were all kind of thinking, like, what the fuck's going on? And this man just keeps being so condescending about it. I'm like... Claudia's ID, by the way, is like a driver's, like a learner's permit 
from Florida. Like, it's not even like a, a sideways idea. Like, it's tr- it's truly like up and down. And like, it looks in, like it doesn't look fake because who in their fucking right mind would ever get a Florida learner's permit as their fake ID. But also, we were standing there like, do we look under 21? Like, sir, be real with me for a second here. Because we get Botox. Like, we're (laughs) 26 years old. Like, we do not look like we're under 21. Like, what's going on? He just was, like, on this weird power trip. And, like, normally, I'm like, you know what? Bouncers go through it. I would never make things difficult for a member of the service industry. But this guy, fuck that guy. He was a jackass. And I wish I had made his life difficult. I should have been like, get your fucking scanner then, bitch. Because you're required by law to have one. So go fucking get it. (laughs) We were so shaken by it. Because he was like smiling the whole time. And we were like, what? Like, we had no idea what was going on. I did not think he was serious at first. But also like... I just still can't get over the lack of common sense there. Like, why would you, like, why would that have been a fake ID? Like, also, she's clearly showing, like, (laughs) other forms of identification that say she is who she says she is and her birthday, but he, like, would not take it. And we were like, okay, (laughs) cool. So we did not go there. We went to Flower Shop, which is a fun bar. If you ever want to go to Flower Shop, you should go to Flower Shop. It's fun i stole a deer off the wall once and um it was so fucking hot even in there that i got to a point where i was like i'm i can't i have i can't we have to leave i was like (laughs) i was sweating from every part of my body they were like uh claudia and zoe were like yeah like it's hot you know we can stay a little longer i looked at them in the eyes and i was like no 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 we need to get the fuck out of this bar right now or i'm gonna pass out like i will die if we spend one more minute in this uh in this bar and they were like oh shit (laughs) so yeah we ended up going to verlaine had a little lychee martini moment you know how i feel about those but i was good i only had one i wasn't hung over the next day but i did get a little silly i have to make this confession to you guys because you know i think you'll understand i was weak I was weak. I texted a man that I probably, not that I like probably shouldn't have because he's like not like a bad dude. You know, it's not like we had some like tragic fallout. We just like clearly have no future. If you recall Sailor Man, if you recall him, I did reach out. I did text him, but I didn't even do it right. Like (laughs) Claudia and Zoe were like, okay, here's what you do. Here's the technique. And this is like a good technique if you want to be a little bit crazy. Uh, So, you know, get your notepads out. You text the person that you want to see and you say, hey, super random, what was the name of that place that we went? That, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And then they respond and they tell you the place. You open it, you read it, you do not respond to it. That's the technique because it makes them go, huh, huh, I wonder what. What's she doing at that bar? Well, whatever. All of a sudden, they're on your mind and they're thinking about you and then they'll probably text you the next day. And like, it does work, but like, I can't do it. Another um, alternative option is to just say question and then let them answer and then not answer for the rest of the night. And the next morning be like, whoa, I have I'm so sorry. I completely forgot what 
It was. That's a that's a good technique as well if you want to be a little bit crazy. But anyway, so I tried the <laughs> I tried the hey, what was that place we went thing? But I'm fucking weak because he he said the place and then he also was like, how are you doing? Like I haven't heard from you in a while. And I'm I I'm literally fucking weak. And I just went, oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well. Like can't girl. <laughs> Play the fucking game for once in your goddamn life. This is truly why I'm single because I can't play the game. Can't do it. I can't play hard to get. I can't do any of that shit. I'm literally like the politeness just comes in. It overrides everything. And I'm like, got to be polite. Got to do it. Got to show I was raised right. Like I, I can't can't be rude. Um. Anyway, we ended up talking and I'm pro- if I'm just like being honest, like I'm going to have sex with him again. <laughs> And it's fine, and we're accepting it, and it's valid, and it's cool. <laughs> because I really could use sex. I, I I haven't gotten, like, in a very long time. I'm going a little bit crazy. And it's like, yes, do I want a boyfriend? Yeah. Like, am I looking for something more serious? Yeah. Can I do something unserious while I'm looking for that serious thing? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So... That's that's happening. I'm not embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed that I was weak, but you know, I feel like this is a safe space to discuss that. The only other thing I want to say in this uh, this intro is um, there was a correction that I needed to issue <laughs> about El Nino. I got a DM from. I believe a a woman named Phoebe said, hi, Ellie, I love you, but I studied climate in college and hearing you talk about El Nino on the podcast this morning hurt me. It's a climate pattern that happens in the Pacific Ocean, not the Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, El Nino is in the Pacific Ocean, guys, just so you know. (laughs) And listen, I'm always open to corrections, you know, like I'm always open to finding out. We we love the pursuit of lifelong learning. So yeah, that that made me feel (laughs) that made me feel really dumb, but whatever. But yeah, so if anyone was wondering, that's that's what where El Nino is. I well, anyway, we got a jam packed week. Truly, there were like uh, like a hundred voicemails to sort through. Like I, I, there were so many. I was like, I don't even know where to start. Getting it down to the five things I picked was challenging. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about getting over someone you see literally every single day. We're going to talk about, I got a Am I the Asshole about trauma dumping. I got one about sexual chemistry. Got one about help. Uh, this man keeps biting me. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about how to stop romanticizing a person. Uh, and then we're going to obviously do our song, we're going to do our outro, and that will be the show. So if that sounds fun, fresh, flirty, fierce, Fabulous to you. Keep on listening. Fit into my life when it's still out in this night. I will give away my soul, but is it worth it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Okay, let's get into our very first voicemail. Hello, my love. You may know who this is. Um, I love and miss you, and let's hang out soon. Um, I have something that I need help with that I think would probably apply to lots of different people and lots of listeners, but my question is how to get over someone that you see every single day, and I, in my case, I work with this person. Um, We have peace a few times, but it's not practical because I know that I have feelings involved and he doesn't, And, um, and it's just probably the best 
you know, idea for me to just cut it off clean slate. But, you know, I think for girls who either go to school or in classes with people they like, or for me, who I work with them, or if you live near them, et cetera, um, what would be your advice? And this is in the case that, you know, assuming that you don't have the option to change departments, switch jobs, switch classes, et cetera. Um, what is your advice for that? I love you and you're the best. <laughs> Bye. Okay. First of all, I love that you called into the show instead of just texting me. But um, this is a good question. I think this is a really good question. I think it's something we've all experienced, whether it's the guy in class or the guy in your social circle or um, the guy at work. Like, I think, like, getting over someone that you literally cannot get away from, it has to be the hardest. It has to be the hardest thing. I mean, because what I always recommend... Okay. Because what I always recommend when you're getting over someone is to like really create physical distance, right? Like don't see them, don't talk to them, don't text them, don't look at their social media. Like that's the best way, in my opinion, to get over someone. So what the fuck do you do when like there is no option? Like I'm not going to like sit here and lecture you about how you should not hook up with people from work because you know that. But like we all do it. It's like the most normal thing. I can't, I truly don't think I know one person who hasn't hooked up with someone from work. And if you're in like a college environment, you know, you're going to hook up with people in your social circle because those are the people that you see. I'm not, like, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to be like, oh, you did a bad thing. Like, I'm not judging you for that at all because like we all do that. And it, it can be really hard. I don't, I don't fully know if I have like, the practical advice other than like you have to be disciplined in your mind disciplined in your mind disciplined in yourself like I think it's really easy when you're around someone a lot to kind of fall back into those patterns but I would recommend like perhaps just being aware of those patterns and staying out of them like I would not spend like one-on-one time with this person you know I would not like work on a project with this person if you can avoid that you know You know, you can be friendly, cordial, say hello to them in the morning, whatever. But like, I would just try to get yourself as much physical distance as possible because the less contact you have with this person, the better and easier it's going to be for you. Like you will, you have to like quit cold turkey. This is not something where you can uh, kind of like, you know, ease out of it, keep having those little inside jokes and those little flirtations and just knowing like, Okay, but like, I'm not actually going to do anything about it. Like, you need to be like fucking disciplined and not let yourself get into what Jane Austen calls dangerous reminiscences. Like, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're trying to get over this person, but you're stuck alone in a room with them, you know, you're both in the kitchen and you're making coffee and you start talking about, oh, remember that time we or start getting a little flirty or start joking around? Stop stop in your tracks do not do it because when you find yourself in a situation like that it's going to be that much harder for you to get over it because you're still in it like you're clearly letting yourself still be in it in a situation where maybe it's your friend group you know again just try not to be left alone with that person maybe like if you're at parties together only talk to them if it's in a group setting just like not letting your heart and your brain um get even like a little a little hint that it can start going off again. I know it's easier said than done, but as much as you can remove yourself from any situation where you might maybe fall back into those patterns, like I would do that. 
Because it's like, yes, you have to see their face every day. You work with them, whatever. You don't have to talk to them every day. You don't have to spend time with them every day. If there's a work happy hour, you know, maybe if they're going, you just don't go the first, you know, for a couple months or something because you just, you need to like make sure you're getting out of the pattern of like, okay, like we're going to kiss or like, okay, like I'm going to go out. We're going to be in like a more fun environment and all of a sudden we're going to be flirting and then he comes home with me, you know, like you have to get your brain and your body out of that pattern. And so remembering that there are boundaries you can put up, even if there are things you can't control. You have to remember, like, you have control over your actions. Okay, you don't have control over the fact that you have to see them, but you have control over what you do in that situation. It's hard. It's way fucking harder than if it's just, like, some guy you dated and then you don't have to ever see him again. It's way fucking harder when it's someone, like, you do see. But at the end of the day, you can't control what other people do and you can't control what the universe gives you, but you can control your own actions, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to control our actions and maybe like if you're in a situation where there's like a a company holiday party maybe we just like really get a work buddy and be like keep me the fuck away from that guy (laughs) keep me the fuck away from him okay do not let me do not fucking let me (laughs) someone to hold you accountable that might be good I mean I think in any situation having someone who's your designated tell me not to fucking do this person can be really fucking helpful when it comes to you know hooking up with people you shouldn't or texting exes or whatever it might be. I mean, I had a situation where I really wanted to text someone this weekend that like I actually shouldn't, like I actually shouldn't. And I texted my designated don't text this fucking guy person. And I was like, hey, (laughs) I really want to text this guy. Can you tell me not to? She sent me the whole nine yards. We talked through it and I didn't text him and I felt better about it. So maybe finding a work buddy or if it's something where they're in your friend group or your class, finding like a buddy that can just like keep you on track a little bit. Notice when you're falling off the wagon or can just be there to say like, hey, remember, this is a bad idea for X, Y and Z reasons. That might be really helpful as well. And the last piece of it is like, don't beat yourself up for having a hard time with it because it's hard. It is hard. Your brain can like make you feel like, well, he's still in my life so maybe there's this part that it's like meant to be like it's not (laughs) it's it's not it's just that you happen to be in the same place at the same time so be disciplined with your actions be disciplined with your brain don't be fucking mean to yourself like don't be like you stupid slut (laughs) don't talk to him but like you know be kind to yourself be gentle with yourself because it's not easy but like you know like be tough because you're tough And I know you, so I know that your instinct is to always be so fucking friendly and kind to everybody. Like, I get it. Like, you're bubbly. Like, you're talkative. You want to be on good terms with everybody. You're just going to have to maybe cut and run on this one. Like, you're just going to have to, like, fight those instincts. And, you know, until you stop feeling those feelings, I think maybe we just have to, like, take a couple steps away from this person. You know, don't hate them. Don't be rude to them. Just take a couple steps back. Of course, like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I wish I'd had this advice when I was in college. Like, I <laughs> I was in love with someone in my friend group for fucking four years. Love. Full love. Capital L, love. Like, I loved this person. And I could not get over it because every time I tried, like, there he would be. At the social function, at the bar, you know. 
on girls night, you know, when we would just be hanging out like there he would be. And like it was so hard for me to get over. And, you know, part of it was I didn't want to get over it. Part of it was he did not want me to get over it. We were a mess in a lot of ways. It wasn't until we both were just like, oh, fuck, this needs to be like over, over and kind of stopped interacting completely. Like that's when I started to get over it. So even though, yes, he was around. Yes, he was in my friend group. We just did not look at each other, talk to each other, spend any time together. And that really fucking helped. And then in the workplace, I mean, I like had a thing with a guy at work and it went poorly. (laughs) It went really poorly. And we did fully just ignore each other for a while. And we could because we didn't work on any projects or anything together. But like, and it was uncomfortable. It didn't feel good, but it helped me to get over it in the way that I needed to. And I like to think it helped him too, though I don't know. He still texts me, miss you. And I'm like, why? (laughs) So I hope that that's helpful. I mean, it's going to be hard, but I think if anyone can do it, you can. At the end of the day, I think everything in a situation, like when it comes to getting over someone, there's so much about it that is like willpower and like mind discipline because I don't know. It feels good to have a crush. It feels good to like someone. And sometimes you don't want to let go of that. You know, sometimes you just like want to keep feeling it, even though it's not good for you. So I think at the end of the day, you have to decide, like, do I really just want to get over this? Do I really want to cut and run? And if you do, you just got to be a fucking military leader to yourself. You got to be like, "Eh, march. I don't know anything about the military. (laughs) But yes, um, I love you. I hope that that helped. I hope that that helped anybody who might be going through the same thing and know that, like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's fucking the hardest. If you want to do this, you can do it. But it's about that willpower, baby. So let's get into our next voicemail. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for, gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and you know your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where 
there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into this next voicemail. Um, hi, Ellie. I want to get some advice that I'm um, struggling with something. Um. Lately, a lot of my friends have been dumping their problems on me. And since I have a lot of my own problems and trauma, I don't feel like I can handle it. And it really, like, upsets me and freaks me out. So when I try to create boundaries with these friends, um, I either end the friendship or they end the friendship and get offended. So am I the asshole for placing boundaries with people who dump my problems? Has this happened to you? Um, I'm looking forward to your advice. Thank you. I love the am I the asshole at the end of this. Do you guys ever read the am I the asshole Reddit? My mom is like obsessed with it. She thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And she will send me like, I don't know, she sends me like three of them a day and is like, oh my God, this person is such an asshole. I'm like, yeah, I think that's kind of the point of the whole thing. No? Yes? <laughs> Maybe? Um, anyways, are you the asshole here? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I guess I don't fully know the circumstances, but I would think no. The concept of trauma dumping is an interesting one because it's like I, I think it's like a phrase that came into being somewhat recently. So there's this um, if you don't know what trauma dumping is, it's basically when somebody just kind of like, I, yeah, I guess kind of dumps the the things that have happened to them, the bad things, the traumatic things on you with now without kind of checking to make sure that you're in a place where you can 
you know, handle listening to that or, you know, without asking if it's something that might trigger you or, or that kind of thing. I, it, I go back and forth on trauma dumping because like I'm like, is it like where's the line? Like what is trauma dumping and what is just like venting to a friend um, and what's the, the line there? What's the difference there? Um, and if we emphasize trauma dumping as a bad thing too much, like make people feel like they can't open up to their friends. And like there are definitely questions there when it comes to, to, to the phrase and the idea of trauma dumping. But I think in general, this what you're describing just kind of sounds like you're feeling really drained. You're going through stuff yourself. And you're feeling like really burnt out on trying to help other people when you maybe are struggling to, to help yourself or take care of yourself. I think that's like kind of a normal thing. I don't I don't think it's um, an asshole thing to have boundaries with friends. I mean, I know that feeling of that exhaustion of being like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot like, oh, my God, this person, every time they talk to me, it's not like, hey, how are you? It's like, let me tell you this thing that's happening to me that's like really horrible and like it's like oh okay so it makes you feel like your value as a friend is only in your ability to listen or your ability to help them with something it makes you feel like they're not valuing you as a whole person or anything about you other than the fact that you're an ear and you're willing to listen like that's not a great feeling I think with me and my friends we are pretty sensitive to the fact that like it can you know, we're all fucking mentally ill. Like Sometimes it's hard to hear about certain things or some things can be hard for us to talk about or whatever. And it's the simplest thing that we just say, like, could I vent for a second? Or like, can I say something that's like kind of fucked up? Or like, I'm really upset. Do you have a second? Like really just making sure that this person is like available to really talk to you about what you're going through I think is like I think it's just a polite thing it's like a courtesy like obviously if you're fucking in crisis you're in the moment and you do not have like you're like freaking out like you're really unwell <clears throat> maybe I wouldn't be like hey uh, excuse me like you know maybe don't worry about that so much but yeah in general if there's if we're having a hard day if something happened that triggered us or something was really upsetting or hard to deal with like I will just ask my friends like can I vent about something can I talk about this and they do the same with me and I, I think that that keeps us kind of on track with not burning each other out I guess like not you know making sure there's consent there I don't know like there is something about it that like makes me feel like am I an asshole for knowing that I sometimes I'm not in a mental space where I can process somebody else's extreme, you know, emotions. Like, no, I think that that's like taking care of your mental health. Like that's just literally being there for yourself when you need to be there for yourself. I also think knowing it's a two-way street, that helps. You know, if you know that every time you're really going through it, you can text your friend that, you know, text you when they're really going through it. If you know it's a two-way street and you know it's reciprocal, that's a completely separate thing from like this is a person who like, you know, tells you all this shit and then doesn't help you when you need it. Like that's that's not a good thing to do. Like that's not a good friend. So overall, I would say you're not an asshole for having boundaries I mean, I guess it depends on what you're saying to these people. <laughs> like, if you're like, fuck you, I don't care about your parents' divorce. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe you're an asshole. <laughs>
But I think like the real difference between trauma dumping and just like talking to a friend is first of all, like asking, it's like the consent of it. And then it's also like making sure it's reciprocal. So I feel like that's a good rule in friendship. And if you don't feel like those things are happening, you know, yeah, I don't think you're the asshole. I mean, I love to listen. Like, I love giving advice. Clearly, I fucking love giving advice. Like, that's what I do (laughs) for a living. And sometimes I just don't have it in me, though. Like, sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I like can't process this. For me, something I do, I don't know if this is something that would help you or not. But literally, I have my read receipts on or my read receipts because I don't open something. And my friends know this, like people in my life know this. I'm not going to open something until I'm I know I have the time and space to respond to it. Like I'm only going to like read your message if I'm actually reading it and I'm actually going to respond. Like I don't like let things sit. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in the mood. I'm in the space. I'm centered. Like I can open this and respond in a way that will be helpful for them as opposed to like, I get the text and I see it and I stress over it and I've read it and I've read it and I've read it and I'm not responding and oh my God, didn't I respond? Like am I the dick for not responding? Oh my God, I don't have time right now. I'm in the middle of recording. Like no, if I open something, it's because I have the time to answer it. And if I don't open it, it's because I literally can't, I can't respond right now. So that's been kind of a boundary that's helped me. I don't know if that would help you, but it it has been um, beneficial to me. keeps me honest as well. Kind of spicy to have your red receipts on. But like, yeah, that's an added bonus where like I know and they know that if I'm not opening something, it's not that like, you know, I don't fucking fuck you. Like, I don't want to answer this. It's because like I can't give them like the support that I know that they need in that moment. Yeah, I don't think you're an asshole. At the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. Like, taking care of other people is really important. Yes, I'm a very empathetic person. I think listeners of this show, I would guess we are more empathetic than most. And sometimes we have a hard time, like, putting our own emotions and our own lives first. But, like, if you don't put yourself first, nobody else is going to. I know that that sounds... You might be thinking, like, that sounds selfish or am I a dick for, like putting myself first like no (laughs) no you have to take care of your own happiness before you take care of anybody else's okay you know you don't have to do it in a douchey way but like you know check in with yourself and make sure that you're doing okay before you're able because how can you really help someone if you are drowning yourself you know if you're that's like a good metaphor if you're both drowning in the ocean and you look over and your friend is drowning, but you're also drowning. It's like, you can't save that person until you stop drowning. (laughs) Like, you know, like, it's not going to be good for either of you. You're probably just going to drag you both down. Like, it's not going to be helpful. No one's going to survive in that scenario. So we take care of ourselves and it's not selfish. Boundaries are good. Boundaries are great. Boundaries are hard, but boundaries are important. Um, And yeah, that's, that's kind of, I guess, my overall thoughts on the whole thing, trauma dumping. What do you guys think about trauma dumping? Like is, um, because I know there's a lot of different thoughts about it, where people like, kind of have strong opinions about it, especially I feel like on TikTok. So if you have thoughts, feelings, send, shoot me a DM, like, because I want to hear what you think about it. And with that... (laughs) Let's get into the next voicemail. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. 
Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Okay. Ooh, I'm in such a good mood today for no fucking reason. I don't know why. I don't know why. Feeling really, really good today. I honestly think getting up and like doing your little morning routine and then putting on a pretty little dress, even if you're not going anywhere, I think that that might be the key to happiness. Like unclear, but I think it might be. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this silly little voicemail. Hi, Ellie. Um, I'm a huge fan of the show and a fan of yours for a long time. I'm calling in because I'm having a bit of a weird situation with boys. Um, There's a guy that I really like, and we're considering maybe entering a relationship sometime soon. And I, because it was kind of serious, waited a while for us to get intimate and have sex. And when we did, it wasn't like, I don't know, I just, it it didn't quite click the way I thought it would, like something about the chemistry and like everything before that with him was great. So I was super confused. And then, you know, last weekend I randomly met a guy at a bar, went home with him, like the whole nine yards. I have absolutely nothing in common with this man. He's not my type. And like, it was mind blowing chemistry. And I'm just like taking a step back and thinking about this and confused. And like, I generally felt like, it was always better with someone that you really cared about. And then this just kind of proved my theory wrong. I don't know. I just feel weird. Could use some advice. Thank you. Ooh, I really love this question, like, or this, like, idea. Because there's so much here. Something I have always found fascinating when it comes to dating and relationships is how many factors go into a relationship working, you know? And sexual chemistry is just one of those features, right? Like sexual chemistry is part of that. But it's not like a, it's not a be all end all. And it's also not like a, if I have sexual chemistry with this person, that means we have some kind of connection. Like you really, like you said, like you've experienced here, you can have sexual chemistry with uh, anyone like it really has nothing to do with feelings sexual chemistry is like a completely i don't know what it is like i'm not like a scientist i don't know if it's a thing like i don't know um but there it's like this a completely random thing where sometimes your body just clicks with somebody else's body ew i did not like the the mental image i just got of like a seatbelt, but being like a oh my god <laughs> i'm so sorry for that uh anyways The question you're posing here, I think, is an interesting one because you're saying there's someone that you really liked. You had sex with him. The chemistry wasn't really there. You had sex with someone you had nothing in common with. The sexual chemistry was there. You have long believed that, you know, sex is better when you have feelings for someone. And this is making you feel like it's proving you wrong. So there's a couple uh, things that could be going on here. So first of all, I want to say I think the idea that relationship sex is better 
comes from the fact that you're doing sex <laughs> with the same person, you know, again and again. Like you're doing it a lot, hopefully, if you're, you know, in that honeymoon phase. And sex, just like anything, improves the more you do it. Like the more you get used to each other's bodies and learn what each other likes and you're more open and communicative. Like the sex is just going to get better because like hopefully you're you know, really keeping that line of communication open and you're practicing, you're putting your 10,000 hours in. And that's, I think, why relationship sex tends to be sometimes better. And also, you know, the emotional connection can make it feel really intense. Like there's a difference between intense eye contact with someone that like you just met, which is like, ah, don't look at me. Um, <laughs> and intense eye contact with someone that you love while you're having sex, like that can be this added layer of intimacy and like that can make the sex go to the next level, even if you're just doing like missionary or whatever. But not that I think there's anything wrong with missionary. I think missionary gets a bad fucking rap. It's the go-to position for a fucking reason because it feels good for everybody involved. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about missionary sex. I'm a fan of missionary. I don't care. <laughs> so what could be happening here is just you haven't put your 10,000 hours in yet and that's why the sex hasn't really clicked into place yet. That's fine. Another thing that could be happening is you could be completely in your head. Now, I've definitely had this happen where I really liked someone. We had sex and I was so nervous about it going perfectly that it didn't, in my mind, go perfectly. That I was like really freaked out or like really anxious or like it just, I couldn't get out of my head. I couldn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to because I like liked them and I wanted it to be better. As opposed to me having a one night stand with someone where like, I don't care. I'm not going to see you again. I don't care what you think about me. Like, and then in that scenario, like I can really kind of let loose and have more fun. And then it's like, yeah, we do have that insane sexual chemistry just because I'm more sexual. Like I'm more open to this experience. So it 100% could be a mental thing where you just like, you're a little scared. Um, you really wanted things to go well. And your brain was like, mm, no, <laughs> no, sweaty. You thought this was going to be fun? <laughs> no. Um, I often feel like I have better sex in one night stands than I do with like a guy I like. But then at the same time, like Sailor Man, for example, we have nothing in common. Nice man, we have nothing in common. There is simply no future there. We both know it. We have amazing sex, like amazing sex. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> where does that come from? And where do I find someone that I like and we have things in common and we have a future together that I also have mind-blowing sex with? But I really think there is a mental aspect to it. I would not be surprised if like the next time you do it or maybe if you have you know, a couple of glasses of wine before you do it and you feel a little more comfortable and more able to like let loose, I, I, I would imagine that that would click into place. And then again, I think you should also ask yourself like, mm, are you icking yourself? Are you running away? <laughs> like, are you like really scared about how you might feel about this great guy? And you had sex and now you're like, here's my excuse. I'm going to run away. You know, it's 100% possible that you're just like literally icking yourself, that you're being like, ah, I need to run away. This is scary. Feelings are scary. And um, you're like, well, the sex wasn't good. So there's my excuse and I'm going to go. Like, probably the sex was like fine. You know, probably you guys have that chemistry. It's possible. It's truly like a mental block where you just need to let yourself not be scared 
to let somebody in. I think a big part of good sex, um, especially in a relationship, is the intimacy, is the vulnerability, is like losing that fear of looking stupid or sounding stupid, is losing the fear of like, what does my stomach look like from this angle? You know, losing the fear of like, did I miss a spot and have a long fucking hair on my butthole? Like, you lose that kind of self-consciousness and the fear and like you really like open yourself up to that person like that can be what makes sex really good and when you like someone a lot and you're in like the early stages of a relationship sometimes you don't want to open up all the way because it's really scary because what if it doesn't go right what if it goes wrong and it sounds like you've kind of almost convinced yourself that it did go wrong i mean who knows maybe the sex is bad maybe you have no sexual chemistry maybe you're not just simply not meant to be but i think a lot of it is just getting in your head I mean, the killer of any good sex is your own fucking brain. I don't know if that's something that men experience, but I think for women, sex is very, very mental, like very, very like a a mental game of like, let me find a way to be like really in this experience. I don't know if I did I talk about I might have talked about this. I don't know if I talked about this because, you know, I'm the worst at talking about sex, but just as a, a little tip. Because I've struggled with getting out of my head uh, during sex. And this is kind of what helped me. Yeah, I definitely have talked about this, but I'm going to say it again. Think about it like this. Okay, you know when you're getting a massage, for example. Let's keep it PG. You're getting a massage. You're like naked on this table in front of this stranger. You're like, this is weird. (laughs) Like, It's a weird situation. How do I fucking relax enough to really like get the benefits of this massage? What they recommend that you do is like visualize, you know, close your eyes. And like really just focus on the sensations and visualize like what their hands might be doing or like where they are on your body. And it's the same thing with sex. (laughs) And when like someone maybe is like going down on you, if you're struggling to get out of your head, really just like focus on what is physically happening. Like don't think about anything but what the physical sensations are, what the shapes might be, like what they're actually doing. And that usually gets you out of your head and into your body. So you can have mind-blowing sex. And yeah, sexual chemistry, it's a crazy thing. It's a funny, funny little thing, isn't it? But I would give this guy another try because I don't know. I, I've been through this and I just don't want you to like decide that you're going to like throw this person away that you might really like because you feel like you have this bad first experience. Like, I don't know, the first time you have sex with anyone can be awkward. Like it totally, maybe he was nervous too. You never know. So keep giving it a try and let me know how that goes. This is like truly the extent of the sex tips I can give. I'm so sorry. (laughs) If uh, uh, So if you want any more sex tips, obviously there are a lot of very great podcasts that talk openly about sex um, and I would perhaps check those out and with that let's get into our next let me see oh it's a dm let's get into our next dm (laughs) oh my god you guys i completely forgot to tell you in the intro that a gigantic fucking wasp got into my apartment like a big ass goddamned wasp okay this thing was the size of my thumb granted I don't have huge thumbs, but it's like a finger-sized wasp should not exist. Should not exist. Um, it was huge. Uh, it was a black wasp, and I guess they're like kind of solitary. They won't bite you or sting you unless provoked. But still, I was like, "Fuck this thing!" I'm screaming. I'm like, I'm like, 
I sprayed it with Windex. I like was smushing it with a shoe and it wouldn't fucking die. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, okay? Just being like, why won't you die? Why won't you die? I'm like wondering what the fuck do the neighbors think I'm doing in here? Like I'm sobbing and then I was shaking for the rest of the day. It was horrifying because that is my nightmare, by the way. I've Ever since I moved in by myself, I thought, what would I do if a wasp got in here? Because I'm so scared of fucking bees, like so scared. Um, I'm not allergic or anything. I'm just scared. And it happened. I survived. But I'm still like freaked out at it. Like I can't get to sleep at night because I keep hearing like phantom buzzing. And I'm like, there's another one. It's here. It's going to eat me. So anyways, I would just like some sympathy for that because it was really upsetting. <laughs> okay, I got this DM and I just like felt I had to read it because I thought it was really fucking funny. Um, so let's, let me, let me read it. Okay, this is from Kenna. And she said, okay, I've been seeing this guy for a while and things were going really well until we were at the bar Friday night and he literally bit me like a huge chomp on my arm. I was, I was like stunned and I went into the bathroom and told some girls I just met, like, what do I do when the guy I'm with just bit me? Then I let it go and then we were hooking up later and he bit my inner thighs like hard to the point where I have purple bruises in the shape of bite marks on my legs now. The next day I brought it up to my brought it up and his friend overheard me talking about it and he's like, "Oh yeah, he bites people whenever he's drunk." I grew up with so many bite marks from him. I think I'm more alarmed that it's not just a sexual thing. It's like a common occurrence that he bites people. Otherwise, he's so perfect and cute. It's just the biting problem that's concerning. Anyway, would love some advice. XOXO, a girl dating a biter. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know how to help you. If it was just that he was biting you during sex, like, that's one thing. I've been with a guy before who would fucking bite me. I did not like it. I'm very delicate. I'm a very small, delicate person. He used to, like, bite my collarbones. That shit hurted. Like, that hurt. I would have, like, giant bruises all over me from this man just fucking biting me. And I don't like having my boobs bitten. Why are you eating me? Like, stop it. I don't like it. I'm not a bite girl um not a fucking fan but if it's just during sex like that's something you can be like hey i'm not super into that and they'd be like okay but this man is biting you and others like when he's just out and about in the world is he a vampire is he a bear what is happening that's a con that's a i'll be honest is it a red flag yeah it's a, it's a, it's weird i mean there are worse things that someone could do but, like, is he teething? Does he have an oral fixation? What's going on there? Like, maybe he should see a therapist. That It's weird. Like, it's, it's genuinely weird. The way that his friend was like, yeah, he used to bite me all the time <laughs> growing up. Like, what? What the fuck? He also bit you in public. He just, like, bit your arm in public. I don't know, man. You're telling me he's perfect and sweet. I guess this is, like, the... This is, um... He's a 10, but this is like perfect man, but all right, let's answer it. He's a 10, but he bites me non-sexually every time he gets drunk. Me and others. He just bites when he gets drunk. Like he's a toddler teething. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's actually something I could handle. Like, and I, does he, 
I don't know. I think that for me, that that's just like something I could not, I don't think I could get over that. It, it just would bother me too much. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then like, what if you look over at the bar and he's like biting another girl non-sexually, but still he's biting her. It'd be like, hey, that's our special thing. <laughs> but it's not because he just bites people. I don't know if I have any concrete evidence or evidence. I don't have any concrete advice for this, except maybe run. Like, I don't know. Is he fucking army hammer? Is he going to end up eating you? Like, I just feel like this is this is a story where. Like later, there's going to be some fucking Dateline show about this guy and how he was a cannibal. And like they're going to interview his friends and ex-girlfriends and stuff. And they're going to be like, well, he used to bite me every time he got drunk but I don't know I didn't think anything of it and meanwhile he's got like 10 bodies in his freezer am I being dramatic no I'm not the drama here he's weird <laughs> so I guess I don't know I would run unless it doesn't really bother you maybe you should bite him back yeah like maybe that's an option you could bite him give him a taste of his own medicine see how he likes it I don't know. Maybe maybe he would like it or maybe he'd be like, ow, why would you bite me? And you'd be like, I don't know. You fucking bite me all the time. Then he'd be like, I should stop doing that because it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but DM me again because I want to know what you choose to do with this situation. Honestly, just for the social experiment, I would bite him. Bite him in public. Bite him back. See what he does. See what he says. Like, I'm just I'm just curious. I just want to know. <laughs> Oy. When I was a freshman in college, like a little baby 18-year-old, um, I was a virgin, but I like was essentially making out with this guy who was dumb as fucking rocks, but so goddamn pretty. Oh my God, that man was... I, can't, I actually can't even articulate how good looking that man was. He really, really was, but so stupid. I wish I could remember some of the things he said. Like, I have a vague memory of some of the things that he said to me. But I don't, I'll think about it. Let's see if I can fucking remember. I don't, I don't remember. But we, like, would, like, truly, like, make out at frat parties and stuff. And he would, like, bite me. Like, bite me on the dance floor. Bite my fucking collarbone. And I was like, how are you even doing that? I'm so far below you. Um, and I was not, I was not a fan. I don't, I don't know. The biting the inner thighs thing, a little bit sexy. Otherwise, I would perhaps run because if you're not into it, I don't know if he's going to change it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that was our little interlude about biting because um, I just thought this was so funny. I couldn't not read it on the podcast. Uh, and if you've ever had an experience with a man who bites, let me know, because I actually think it's kind of common, but not like this. Like, biting during sex, somewhat common. Biting in public? I don't think that that is common. And if it is, let me know. Maybe it's the thing, like, um, you know how men are constantly peeing, like, in the bed? <laughs> like, half of girls have a story about a man, like, peeing in their bed. Maybe the biting thing and biting in public is like, is like that, and I just don't know it because I've never... I suppose I kind of did experience it, but not in the same way. So, let me know. I want to hear what you do, what you end up doing, and if anybody else has experienced this. And let's get into our last DM about how to stop romanticizing. Awesome? Oh. Ooh, 
got, darlings? Okay, very sorry for that. Wow, the storm has really picked up outside. It is pitch black at one o'clock in the afternoon. Thundering, if you hear any thunder, that is why. All right, this is our last DM of the show, and I think it's a really great question and one that, you know, who among us has not experienced? So this is from Alexa, and she says, well, she says, question for the pod because I need you to kick me in my ass. <laughs> How do you stop romanticizing a new guy? I went on two dates and things have gone well, but I feel like I'm totally consumed by where this is going slash not going to. Like, are we going to date? Is he going to ghost me? And I don't know how to just chill and ride the wave. (laughs) Ooh, that storm. You know what? This is something that I genuinely struggle with as well. Like, my therapist beats my ass about this regularly. Like, I have a very, very hard time not letting my brain run wild with these, like, fake scenarios, but... It's like half the time you end up doing this and then like you spent more time dating the person you made up in your head than you do actually dating the person. Uh, And that's not good. So like let's do the rundown here. You've gone on two dates with this person and it's going well. That's great. But what you're saying is like you keep thinking about oh, what's going to happen in the future. Like um, are we going to fall in love? Are we going to do stuff together? You know, what if we go to, you know, a pumpkin patch in the fall together or do Thanksgiving together? Whose family are we going to do Thanksgiving at? Like you're letting your brain go there instead of just focusing on like, okay, we've been on two dates. I do the fuck out of that. <laughs> I do the fuck out of that. I am creating scenarios to help myself fall asleep. And it's not good. I know I do this. It's like a real fucking problem because I feel like I I have a really hard time just staying in the moment, which is what you're asking about. Like, how do you stay in that moment? And like, I think that's such an important thing for dating. When you meet someone, you want to like keep yourself focused on what's actually happening and not what you want to happen or what could happen. Because when you start thinking about the coulds and what if that kind of ruins what's actually happening or might color your perception of that person. Really good advice that my therapist gave me is like, you know, your brain loves little fantasies and your brain loves to have something to think about and talk about. And so you have to give it a little bit of permission to do that, but not like give it strict parameters, right? So what my therapist said is like, you are allowed to fully romanticize Anything that has actually happened, you are allowed to obsess and think about it, go over that interaction a hundred times, anything they've actually said to you, any activity you've actually done together, any conversation you've had, anytime you've hooked up, you are allowed to think about that over and over and over fucking again. You are allowed to focus on the things that have actually happened and ruminate on them and talk to your friends about them. Like You're allowed to be a little fucking crazy about what has happened, but... The second you have your brain going, okay, but what if we went on this date? Or what if we did this together? Or what if we fall in love? Or this, like, that's when you have to shut it the fuck down. You can think over and over, play the scenario in your head of your second date over and over and over again and enjoy that and romanticize it and get butterflies about it. But you are not fucking allowed to make up further scenarios or think too far ahead in the future or think about, like, your wedding. Like, I'm insane. Like, I've gone on a fucking, I've gone on one date with a man and immediately was like, oh my God, I could totally see what our wedding would be like and like what I would say in the speech. Like, what? (laughs) That's insane. 
(laughs) So you have to like slow yourself down and let yourself savor things that have actually happened as opposed to letting your brain go to places that haven't actively happened. I mean, as is the theme of everything I ever tell you, don't yell at yourself. You know, don't shame yourself. Don't be like, you fucking lunatic. Can you calm down? Because that doesn't help anybody. Really, it doesn't help anybody. Indulge the part of your brain that wants to obsess and let it obsess over things that have happened. But don't indulge the part of your brain that wants to obsess over the future because you never know what's going to happen in the future. And if you spend too much time with your head, you know, six months away, you might miss what's actually happening in front of you or you might miss a fucking red flag, you know, you know, because if you're looking too far down the road, you might miss something that's right in front of you. Like if you're looking at like, what if we take like a little vacation in the Hamptons this summer, like way far in the fucking future because you've literally gone on two dates, you might miss that right in front of you is the biggest fucking red flag. Like maybe he bites you. I don't know. Like (laughs) maybe you're going to miss the things that like in the future, when you actually get to the future, you look back and go, oh, well, I should have known because that was a glaring red flag that I just completely missed because I wasn't paying attention to what was actually happening in the moment. Um, I was dating a guy I made up in my head. And it's like we all do it. We all fucking do it. I have such a hard time with this. I really, really do. All I want to do is like get really excited about a crush and decide that we're like going to fall in love. Like I really love doing it. It feels so good. But, however, but. (laughs) It doesn't end up being good for anybody. It doesn't end up being helpful. It doesn't end up uh, making a relationship any easier. So yeah, distract your brain with what's actually happened, obsessing over that, and do your best to like stay in the moment. I know it's easier said than done. I would so much rather get super excited and obsess over like a text that has actually been sent to me that was super cute or super funny or super flirty or super sexy than continue to like wonder about things down the road, you know? Enjoy what you're experiencing in the moment because... The joy of falling in love is in the falling, right? Yes, the love is great, but the falling, like, that's the fun part. And you got to enjoy that. Not that I'm saying that you're going to fall in love, but like, I don't know, you got to be in the moment for that fall. So you can pull yourself out if there's any shit you should not be falling for. (laughs) Because I would guess, I mean, I don't know, again, not a fucking scientist, but if I had to guess, I would say that romanticizing is the cause of half the relationships that we get into that are actually terrible for us and like we don't even fucking like the guy and he's like an asshole but we just missed it because we were so excited about finding someone or like maybe falling in love that like I don't know we like missed the signs and fuck that shit (laughs) we don't fucking do that here not on this not in this car if you're in this car it's because (laughs) You don't put up with any bullshit like that and you take care of yourself. So yeah, I am fucking with you. If you have any other tips for getting yourself out of that romanticizing vibe, I mean, seriously, this is something my therapist actively yells at me about. Like I'm giving you advice on this because it's the advice I've been given, but I want you to know, like I still do this. Like I I still have a really hard time not like romanticizing and looking too far into the future. Like this is something that I I actively am struggling with. So like you are not alone. You are not alone, not alone, not alone. And we'll get through it together. If any of you have any tips, I would love to read those in the DMs and maybe actually that would be really good if you have any tips for this. We can read it next week and do 
a whole anti-romanticizing boot camp. <laughs> and besties, with that, I think that is our episode today. What's our song of the week? Actually, our song of the week is from Sabrina Carpenter's new album. It's a song called Vicious. Vicious by Sabrina Carpenter, you guys. I'm sorry. She snapped with this one. This is a pop. It's pop perfection. It's really fun. I like. I have had it stuck in my head for days. I don't know. It reminds me of a Selena Gomez song, and I'm, like, Selena Gomez's biggest fan. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm, like, all the streams on Spotify. Like, that's me. <laughs> But yeah, so that's our song of the week. And yeah, I love you guys. I hope you had a great week. I appreciate you listening more than you fucking know. I love each and every one of you very, very much. If you like the show, please subscribe. Tell your friends. If you like me, you can follow me on social media. Uh, my Twitter is holy underscore schnitt. My Instagram is Ellie underscore schnitt. And my TikTok is at Ellie schnitt. Um, Instagram is probably the best place because that's where you're going to find things linked, like the Discord, like um, the voicemail, etc., etc. And that's also the easiest place to DM me. If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast, Taylor Talk. Just search it on Spotify and you will find it. You can also join us live 7 p.m. Eastern time every Monday. Join the chat. It's really fun. If you want to join the community, there's a link to the Discord on my profile, on my Instagram profile. And if you want to send a voicemail in, which I always love getting a voicemail. And you guys, to be fair, like sent some really, really fucking good ones that I wrote down for, for the future because they were really, really good this week. If you ever want to call in, the number is 847-282-0462. That's 847-282-0462. I wish there was like a word <laughs> that I could say, like 847-party. I don't know. Um, but I couldn't think of anything. So that's, that's the number. And yeah, as always, guys, I love you so, so, so much. I hope this is the best week of your gosh darn life. I hope you're staying cool in that heat. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. Um, I hope you're being kind to yourselves. And I love you very, very much once again. So as always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>